I'm Andrew Kopchitz, the founder and CEO of RedBalloon.Work, and I'm here with Donald Trump Jr. And as you know, Red Balloon is connecting value-aligned job seekers with awesome employers that want to hire them. That's why I'm so excited about Red Balloon. A lot of big companies are pushing woke ideology in the workplace, and conservatives are being silenced and even removed. But Red Balloon is helping people find good jobs with companies who won't cancel them for their beliefs. It's really, really important. And literally every single day, we're receiving resumes from job seekers who are told that they either need to compromise their values and their faith if they want to try and keep their job. And that's just wrong. Guys, I'm sure you've seen it all yourselves already. And the big job boards like Indeed and ZipRecruiter are actually promoting woke workplace policies. They're a huge part of the problem. And good companies are desperate for people who actually want to show up and work and build their careers without all this nonsense. And a lot of them say that they would rather be understaffed than poorly staffed. That's why if you're an employer who's tired of all the virtual signaling, you need to post your jobs on Red Balloon. Not only will you find good people who align with your values, but you'll also be supporting Red Balloon's mission, which is so critical for America's future. I'm Andrew Krabschitz from redballoon.work, and this is Donald Trump Jr., as you know, and if you're looking to fill your open jobs with values-aligned talent, then post your jobs on redballoon.work today. We'll see you there. Yeah! <laughs> Our new intro music! Hey, y'all! It's Tuesday! <laughs> Welcome to Cross Baltic on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Pastor Toby, I'm the water boy, and this is my alma mater... Joe Vandal. No, it's Joe Knox. Joe Knox. It's Knox Joe Vandal. Knox. Hey. Vandal Knox. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, uh, Neil, make sure you get that linger. Linger yeah, on that uh, a little bit. Knox, what ha- what happened to your skin? <laughs> uh, why, why are you looking at us like that? Yeah. Why, why, stop. Hey. Stop grinning. Stop grinning. I can see your white teeth. <laughs> um, <laughs> Knox is out of the studio this week, obviously, with the uh, intro music. You should have known that already. <laughs> right. Um, I, what I want to know is why is Knox never used that for me? No, that was good. He's been that sitting on the board There's all little, this time. Yeah. He, he's been holding out. Does he use that for another show or something, Neil? No? No. No, he just no. he just has it there. He just put buttons on. Just, just in case it's time for like, you know, it's like a staying alive, staying alive. So Knox is out all week, but we actually got uh, some really good interviews and in, in shows actually right. happening this week. We Yesterday, did. um... We actually had a really good interview that nothing came together because Knox was out of the studio. Everything fell apart. Yeah. Um, but t- uh, today we got a great interview coming with you. And then tomorrow we got a, gr- uh, a lawyer coming in to talk about the Trump, Trump indictment, some of that. You know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, Thursday, hang on, let me hop over here real quick. You got, you got other things? Um, yeah, yeah. Thursday, is it the 6th? Yeah, Thursday we got uh, Siaka Mas- Masakoy. He that's probably not is, how you is say probably it, not how you pronounce no, it, but no. he's coming on and he's a uh, a, um, an, a Hollywood actor, yeah. uh, conservative, Uh-oh. involved in a bunch of politics actually in California. Really interesting guy. A Hollywood actor um, who's conservative. That's, yeah. He's like a unicorn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then on Good Friday, that's Good right. Friday. Good Friday, uh, we got a uh, Davis Yunts coming oh, on the show. And attorney. there's. We're actually going to be with him for a whole hour. It's a long. We're going to start trying to do long form interviews on Friday as much as we can. And Davis has got a lot of stuff. um, That's he's he's rocking fire right now with with everything that's been going on with the military, vaccinations, Trump, all that, all that good stuff. This is is an exciting week. You hear that, Knox? 
See, this is a great week. I did it without you. We're having a great week. We're, 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 we're three minutes in. <laughs> On Friday, we're going to be like, Nox! Hey, do you guys know you can sign up for a club membership, a magazine subscription, and tickets to the Fight Laugh Feast conference at the Ark Encounter all in one place. Incredible. It's true. FightLaughFeast.com is your web destination where all your dreams come true. That's not what it says, but I'm just going to say that. Was that good. Uh, yeah. okay. um, it, here's what you should do. First, join the club. Yep, number one. Okay. Secondly, sign up for the Fight Laugh East Conference at the Ark Encounter and get a $100 discount off your registration price for being a club member. Mm-hmm. Lastly, while you're there, sign up for a magazine subscription. Um, and also, we've even got our own social media platform mm-hmm. built into our website now. For club members. So if you're a club member, mm-hmm. sign on to that social media platform. And yes, we plan on shutting down what? Yeah. Our Facebook yeah. group and moving our community over to our website. Hey. Yeah. For all club members. Man, club members only. Merry <laughs> Christmas to me. Yes, seriously. Uh, so anyways, club yeah. members uh, plan to, to, to jump over. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you're a club member, you'll get access to exclusive content. Also, um, like Bible studies with uh, me, special series with New St. Andrews president, Dr. Ben Merkel, and all our backstage con- uh, content from our daily shows, as well as all our conference talks uh, from years mm. past. There really hasn't been a better time for, for you to become a cross-politic member. And, and just remember, uh, a big part of um, this this membership is just, this is how we um, pair bills. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes this, this happen. It makes this possible. Um, it keeps Knox in the studio. And, and it, it really yeah, does. Yeah, and if you if you if you don't want this to happen <laughs> so much uh, without Knox here, um, this is a great way to let your voice be known. Yeah, um, that's you know, right. a substantial spike in club memberships would let us know right around this time <laughs> that Knox, you're not allowed to leave. That's right. Um, town. Also, one other little announcement is. Um, that uh, a, f- a friend of ours down in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> These are my favorite kind of plugs. Is hosting a psalm sing this yes. Saturday, April 8th at 4.30. Um, it's the Benjamin Newsma family. They're mm-hmm. going to sing for an hour and have burgers and hot dogs and drinks. And so if you live anywhere in the Gainesville, Florida area, um, they would love to have you come join them. So White Laugh Feast fam, if you're within driving range of Gainesville, Florida. Pack out the Benjamin Newsma family house. They're good people. Rock some psalms with them, eat a bunch of burgers and Mm -hmm. hot dogs, and have some good fellowship. You can find Benjamin Newsma on Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, or um, you can uh, email him. Get ready. Write write this down. Write this down in the car. You ready? Uh, (laughs) Benjamin.r.newsma. Newsma is spelled N-I-E-U-W-S-M-A. Just just, <laughs> just, just pause and go back. Yeah, you'll get it. You'll get it. At gmail.com uh, if you're interested in coming, let Benjamin know uh, that you'll be there on yeah. Saturday, April 8th, 4.30, psalm and, singing party. And here's the thing. If you're driving in your car, you can't text and drive, so you can't you know write yeah. down the email, Benjamin, but you can do calligraphy and drive. You that's not that's not illegal. Calligraphy. Yeah, calligraphy drive. So you can write down the email and calligraphy and you're, 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 what? you're legal. I don't what know. I don't know. I'm just about? trying to help him get a loophole around that. All right. Hey, we got... Um, uh, I'm excited for this interview. We got Ben Hab coming on here. Hab, two A's, <laughs> and um, we got him coming on. Uh, he's he's the director of a, a documentary that's being released in Canada right now on the Trucker Convoy. And and I think one of the you know we've said this multiple times in the in the show over the last year that we don't want to forget what happened in 2020 and 2021. Right, we can't. And and these kind of documentaries are important to kind of memorialize. Right. 
and 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 not forget the travesty, the tyranny, the all the stuff that happened in 2021. So, but before we introduce uh, Ben, I want to just play uh, a little uh, clip from the documentary. The standard that I worked to in Canadian journalism for 20 years was not being followed. They were. It was as though they were googling what was happening. Although the CBC is one block. It's on Spark Street, the pedestrian mall, right next to the Parliament buildings. All they had to do was probably further to walk to their car than it was to walk to the protest. And they didn't seem to be there. Now, they may have been there, but they certainly weren't telling what was happening. And these protesters, certainly a hardcore group, not going anywhere. You can see them. They're shuffling. They're angry. They're shouting. Efforts to recreate the Ottawa convoy and its disruption are now underway here in Washington, in cities across the U.S. and right around the world. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act. The message had always been, remain peaceful no matter what. The police were the aggressors, not the protesters. Ooh. Wow. That's the nuts. police were the aggressors, yeah. not the protesters. Uh, ben Hab is the owner, a CEO of Eagle Vision Video Productions Limited, digital marketing communications company, the director and producer of Unacceptable, a documentary on the tyranny of Trudeau and the trucker convoy. Ben, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So the trucker convoy is this, um, I mean, spontaneous event. I mean, people just, you know, truckers start talking to each other on CBs and they're like, we got to do something. We got to let our voice be heard. (laughs) Um, We're going to Ottawa. Um, And then, and and so that's going on. How does this documentary um, come out of that? That's actually an, an interesting story because one of our friends from Fort St. John, that's my hometown, oh. uh, were traveling to Ottawa. <clears throat> I had filmed a little thing that was happening up in Fort St. John uh, because there was over 300 trucks in our small town that were <laughs> a- almost encircling the entire town uh, as, as, uh, as a little protest there. Okay. And a few of the truck drivers from Fort St. John were heading to Ottawa and they were sending photos back. Uh, to my cousin and I was looking at these photos. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of trucks. And you go to the mainstream media and sure enough, they say about a dozen trucks are heading on their way to Ottawa. And we're not, we're, we weren't looking at a dozen trucks. We were looking at hundreds and hundreds, even right. thousands at that point. And they're trying to downplay it to um, about a dozen trucks. And I thought that was, I had, I had worked in media before we were, uh, our company does a lot of stringing new, uh, for the news for, the major networks up here in Canada. Mm. And, uh, and I thought that was strange. So we, uh, we, I, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get an accurate number because obviously uh, what the mainstream media is putting out there is not accurate. And I went to go on to ministry of transportation. That's, that's who, who governs our roadways. They have traffic cameras all along the major highways. That's right. And this. every single one on the main highway all the way over to Ottawa were shut down. They're all brought offline. Yep. And I was just like, oh, they're actively trying to hide wow. the truth of how many numbers are there. And whether or not like it was complicit with the, 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 the government themselves or, or uh, uh, within the Ministry of Transportation themselves, just not wanting to have, like trying to, trying to, quash the ground swelling of uh, grassroots support 
was was very evident at that point. And uh, and so at this point, the the convoy was in Winnipeg, which is about thirty hours from uh, from where I live, uh, a thirty hour drive. Uh, so my cousin and I, we, we, uh, overnight we packed up our stuff and we got in our truck and I'm like, I'm going to, I have to go see this for myself. I can't, there were some, there were some outlandish claims from, uh, from some of the noisier people within the convoy that said it was 50,000 trucks. And I'm like, well, okay, that doesn't sound accurate either because mm-hmm. okay. 50,000 trucks would be, would be miles and miles and miles long. So I knew it was somewhere in the middle, but I had to see for myself. Mm-hmm. They can't trust what the mainstream media is putting out. Uh, the government's actively trying to quash the story, uh, even just on their Ministry of Transportation website. And, uh, and, and then some of the news that were coming out on the other side from some of the social media influencers weren't adding up to what you're seeing. Right. Uh, we just we got on the road and we drove 48 hours straight. Uh, my cousin and I just swapping drivers. Basically, the truck kept running, kept driving, and we caught up with them in Sault Ste. Marie, which is three quarters of the way across the country. Um, it was, you know, four uh, four thousand kilometers later, kind of thing. Wow. And uh, so we caught up in Sault Ste. Marie, and we traveled with the convoy for the last two days, and that was the most like awe-inspiring, soul-filled mm. journey that, that I could even think of. It was. Uh, to, to be 1130 at night, minus 30, minus 35, and have full families, kids, every intersection in the middle of nowhere, waving signs, waving Canadian mm. flags, yeah. you know, cheering, um, um, stuffing sandwiches and snacks in our windows just because <laughs> we were now part of the convoy string. Like it was, we, we went home after the, after our time in Ottawa, with more food in our truck than we, than we <laughs> like. Wow. It, it was unreal. Like this, this, uh, this, it, yeah, it was hard not to get emotional on the journey. Yeah. And, and my intention with going was just to film. I own a film production company out of, out of Fort St. John. And my goal was just to film a five minute little overview video of what we experienced. And it just exploded into something far greater than I had imagined. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, I remember, the traffic light cameras being shut down. Yeah. Um, I remember yeah. we actually interviewed someone driving along in the oh, trucker car. I, I remember, remember that. that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. They, they were in the truck. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I don't even yeah. think they were Christians. They were, we just somehow, no. someone said, call these guys. They're in the middle it of the convoy. A, a friend of a friend. Yeah. And they were in the middle of it. Yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, yeah. and then uh, of course we had, uh, we ended up kind of connecting with Andrew DiBartolo, Mike Thiessen, um, and a number of uh, the pastor another pastor and we interviewed him like an hour before he got arrested or something or a day before he got arrested. I can't remember. Right. His, um, and so we interviewed people on the ground right in the middle of the whole trucker convoy right. in yeah. Ottawa on the ground who got arrested right. uh, from it all. You know, um, mm-hmm. why did why was this? You know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, we want to kind of remember these things. We want to memorialize these things in a way that remember them. We don't want to forget some of the, this, this travesty that happened because it's just going to rinse and repeat itself. And it looks like it probably will happen in Canada at some level. You know, why is it important to you that you wanted to capture this into a documentary? You went from a five minute, you know, sizzle to a, to a full three hour documentary, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, two hours and 34 minutes, but uh, but counting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Really? It was, 
that that innate desire to have accuracy because in the first few days is very evident that the information that was coming out on mainstream media was very flagrant and out there, right? It was not accurate to what I was seeing and experiencing and, and it was harmful uh, to the entire, uh, to, to what was happening downtown because now you have all these people around Canada Mm-hmm. that are uh, that can't be in Ottawa and can't experience the celebration for themselves and their you know <laughs> their, their opinions are quickly made up by by what mainstream media mm. forces down their throats and it was it was gross and it was harmful and it was it was it was hard to take mm-hmm. like I experienced basically like the most patriotic moments of my entire existence. And, and you could really feel the spiritual aspect, like the, the, uh, like God's presence down there. Like for those of us who, who, uh, were Christians and are, and we're downtown Ottawa, it was very apparent. Like you, you probably spoke to some of the churches that were in the area and they had truck drivers coming in that weren't Christians that yeah. had no spiritual background and are asking what is this that I'm feeling? Hmm. Like it was pure unadulterated love on a, on a community level. And you could feel that like it was spilling out in the streets. You could not deny it. And then you go on the mainstream news, mainstream media and you watch the news reports and they're talking about swastika flags and they're talking about (laughs) the spewing of hate. And like, like it couldn't be more 180 degrees in the opposite direction than what, what you're experiencing. And that it was infuriating. Like, like, it were you you kept questioning: Were they even down there? Mm-hmm. And 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 how were they experiencing this event? Completely, completely different than I was experiencing it. So, my goal at that point was to objectively not 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 to put my own viewpoints within it, uh, but objectively talk to the main organizers, which by by. <laughs> You know, by God's guidance alone, we were given access to the main core and group of organizers. Mm-hmm. We were in the war room. We were, you know, talking with the people that had the main message that they wanted to get across. Because there's a lot of outliers that had uh, very interesting variations on what they would like to see happen that right. wasn't part of the main organization group. And and the media gave them lots of attention because, yeah, some of them were... Uh, were pretty extreme. Uh, whereas the, you know, the main group of organization was, we want COVID mandates lifted. Uh, it's discrimination against uh, the vaccine passports, uh, the vaccine mandates across border. Mm-hmm. And we want those lifted period. End of story. Everything else was not on the radar of the main organization at all. Mm-hmm. So, so the whole insurrection, the whole, uh, they, they compared it many times to, you know, the the states in January 6th yeah, saying yeah. we don't want a January 6th, you know, the invasion of capital. And even then, there's news coming out now that obviously has evidence in the contrary to what's being portrayed even for January 6th in the states, right? right yeah. So we were having that um, within Canada, seeing it firsthand, that, that intentional uh, misdirection of the truth. And I knew intrinsically at that moment, I had to tell the story that I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's not, it's not from my perspective by any means. It's directly from the organizers of the, of the uh, convoy. 
Uh, I only portrayed viewpoints from people that I could have firsthand access from. So a lot of people ask me why wasn't Pat King in the in the documentary? Well, Pat King was in jail, and I couldn't talk with him directly, right? So I wasn't going to have somebody else tell his story. Uh, I, I wasn't going to tell somebody else's story that I couldn't personally uh, chat with. Like, for example, Chris Barber, he was a big part of organization uh, of the convoy, yet uh, our schedules never lined up to actually have an interview. So, yeah, I don't have his perspective in there, but what I did get is the main heart that was behind uh, the convoy. And then in addition to that, I have uh, every organizer that was part of the convoy that have watched the documentary uh, have confirmed that the documentary speaks to the heart of what the convoy was about. Now, I don't go through every last detail of, you know, media said this, convoy did that, media said this, convoy did that, you know, where there's, there's these point and counterpoint. But what I did do is I spoke to the heart of what the intention was behind the, the protest, what the feeling was like downtown, and then to juxtapose that with what the government did in turn it, it it's a hard watch. That's it's helpful. That's helpful, Ben. Do, do, you, do you think the truckers won, or do you think Trudeau won in that battle or protest showdown or showdown? Oh, yeah. I think. Oh, in Trudeau's mind, I believe he thinks he quashed the issue. But what it did is it really exposed the heart of what's behind our government's intentions, mm. and I think. While the convoy itself didn't, um, you know, relinquish all the mandates that they had hoped, I mean, there's still border crossing dates with vaccines and, and, and that kind of thing. What it did do is it exposed so much more. It exposed uh, our, our government's ability to push uh, push things through the house that that uh, aren't necessarily good for the nation or doesn't take everybody's voices into account. It, it exposed... Uh, our mainstream media's um, complicit nature with the, the government's voice just being a, a lapdog for the government to push out messaging. It exposed, you know, some of our banking systems and how easily the government can go and press, you know, the off button right. on someone's bank account. That's and, and I think, like, while while they didn't they didn't um, get all the mandates lifted, they exposed so much more that was far beyond far beyond what uh, anyone could have imagined uh, throughout the protest. Mm. And, and to do it peacefully, to not even swing a fist, right. like to have, ha- have uh, assaults on police at zero, like that is huge. And we're talking about big burly truckers. Right. Yeah. Some of them probably have a fair amount of a temper yeah. Yeah. to have all of them uh, voluntarily cage themselves and willingly be beaten. And not swing a fist back. That's huge. Like that is beyond control. That is, that is true display of power is having that ability to inflict pain on someone Mm -hmm. and willingly, like graciously and lovingly deny yourself to swing. I think that 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 your your quote in this uh, uh, trailer that we just played, the quote by a former RPC and police officer he said the police were the aggressors, not the protesters. Yeah, and there's that, there's that example where the lady was trampled on by the police horse, right. the older lady. Um, there's, oh, Candace, yeah. There's a number of uh, examples or footage where the cops are arresting, throwing down, beating, breaking glass, right. all that stuff. How did, like, 
you, and then you had the, the guy that was being interviewed in the in the trailer um, for um, a quick minute was uh, he actually worked or formerly was a producer for the Canadian um, broadcasting broadcasting, uh, broadcast channel. corporation yeah, corporation yeah, yeah. which is, yeah. which gets millions of dollars by the Canadian government by the way right um, uh, you know how how did yeah. how did how did that narrative I mean like even kind of get out that you know the protesters were the violent ones and and the police just got away with something. Well, it's, that's really about, I don't know how else to put it other than a premeditated narrative, right? Like as a filmmaker, mm. I can, I can take someone's conversation and I can cut it to smithereens and make them basically say whatever I want them yeah, to say. The opposite or and whatever. that's a huge responsibility, right? And yeah. that's, I had a lot of pushback when I was asking people, Hey, do you mind if I interview you for this, uh, for this documentary I'm doing instantly the, the red flags go up. It's like, okay, who are you with? Uh, what is your messaging? How are you going to portray me? And so there's a lot of convincing uh, (laughs) that I'm like, okay, listen, all of our interviews that we're doing, uh, and this is a, this is a a level of transparency we're doing with the documentaries. Every interview we're doing, we're releasing them in their long form after the fact. So if you want to listen to two hours of so-and-so that was within the documentary and you only got to hear five minutes of them, well, you can listen to their whole two hour interview afterwards Mm -hmm. and make sure that I'm, not taking them out of context, you know, that it's actually authentically what they were trying to portray. And, and that put a lot of people at ease. It's like, okay, I am more than willing to talk if my message is not going to be skewed because that is, people are gun shy now. There's a few people that did quite a few interviews and you listen to the sentences that the mainstream media took, you can, you can say a balanced point and they'll cut it just to where you sound extreme or where you right. sound yeah. Like you're you're instilling a bit of provocation, and, it, and it's gross. Right, and it's a huge responsibility as media to to battle against that. So, so yeah, it's all camera angles. It's all what they're looking at. It's and, and just repeating a lot of you'll you'll watch a lot of a lot of the anchors or the journalists inputting their information into the story, where you know they use the same wording like occupation, insurrection, <laughs> uh, this was illegal, yeah. uh, and just paying the words over and over and over to where the mass public believes it. Even if there's no visual evidence of that, yeah. uh, words are important, and the repetition it, of them uh, equals believability. It, se- it seems to me, I mean, back to your question, Gabe, about um, you know, who won. Yeah. Like, did, the, did the truckers win or did Trudeau win? You know, I mean, despite the fact that, I mean, I, I think it is overwhelmingly true that uh, Canadians have been far more docile than they should have been and far more easily swayed by mainstream media than they should have mm-hmm. been. I mean, just your just your testimony, Ben, of driving in in the convoy with, you know, thousands of, of ordinary Canadians standing on roadsides and overpasses with flags and sandwiches and just <laughs> cheering you on and singing, you know, you know, the hymns and, and the, and the, and the national anthem and all these kind of things. I mean, I mean, I hear that and I think the truckers won. Like, I mean, mm. like, I, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, like you won something there that goes way deeper. I mean, you said this is the most patriotic moment of your existence. Mm. And I, I have to think yeah. that for a lot of people who participated in that, it's the same thing. And it, that goes way deeper. And it may not be on the surface a, 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 a an obvious win, mm-hmm. but it seems to me that that strikes a chord that's way deeper than anything Trudeau can do with his, you know, 
bland monologues, you know, whatever, and and his his political decisions, um, wherever those chess pieces are, it seems to me like I I think the truckers won just just on the number of sandwiches in your car on your way home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and beyond that, like minus 30, like people are, if people have a message to say, uh, and they're a little bourgeois about it, or they're, you know, it's, oh yeah, it's an issue, but it's, it is what it is kind of thing. Nobody's going to show up at 1130 at night in minus 35 with their family. Yeah. Unless it's a moment of passion, right? right? That's, like that speaks volumes, huge what, volume. What was the? What was the? Give us. I don't know. I know you did a bunch of interviews for this, but like just for our our audience, um, just to pitch your 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 doc here. Give us the top. I don't know one or two interviews like uh, it, that you you like really hold on to and say this this really stuck out to me. This hit me the hardest. Oh gosh. Oh that's that's <laughs> that's a tough one because they're there were so many really good interviews and the times that we were able to get people after the convoy was paramount, like a month or two after everything was done. So everything's fresh. It's the emotions are Mm -hmm. there. They're heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would have to say like informational wise and validation of viewpoints, Rodney Palmer, the ex CBC CTV journalist, Mm, his interview brought a lot of validity to the things we were feeling and seeing. Um, and then I'd have to say he's been a bit of a fan's favorite, Chava Vici. He's a Romanian fellow that, uh, when he was 18, traveled over to Canada. Yeah. You know, came from a communist country when uh, it was part of the revolution in Romania. And is seeing some of the things that he experienced in Romania now happening in Canada yeah, and to have someone from a foreign country be like, Hey, these are the things I've noticed. And these don't lead down a very good path. Like he talks about the stories of him and his dad standing on the street with axes in their hands, you know, ready to fight this revolution. So he's got a pretty firsthand experience of, of what communist looks like. And for him to say, this is something we need to be looking at. I mean, that should, that should scream alarm bells to, to everyone within the nation. Man. And, wow. but his, his earnest account of what he experienced downtown. Oh man, I can listen to Chaba for hours. Mm-hmm. He's his, I can't wait to release his interview because it is two and a half hours long. And all of it is just, you hang on his everywhere just because wow. yeah, he, his emotion is right on the sleeve. Is, everything he was experiencing. That that's probably one of my more favorite ones too. So is it is um is the documentary out or when is it coming out and where can people go to watch it? For sure. So we are doing a select theater release within Canada at the particular moment in theaters. Um, we are doing a festival run. So we've submitted to about twenty five different international film festivals uh, to hopefully force our mainstream media to acknowledge the film (laughs) we have we have had zero uh uptick in um distributors wanting to carry our (laughs) carry our film because of its controversial nature even if they haven't seen it we in fact even just today we had a venue cancel on us uh because it's about the convoy they haven't even seen it and the venue even with signed contracts and everything 
four theaters, they pull plug. There was a, a theater in Cornwall that was all for it. Uh, had signed papers for licensing. We were going to show it at that theater. And the public outcry, they just got bombarded with emails, so they canceled. Mm. And it's this whole cancel culture thing that uh, that has been very difficult. But for now, it's going to be select theaters until the end of May within Canada. Mm-hmm. So we don't violate um, uh, some of our terms and conditions with the, with the international film festivals. Then uh, May through June, we see how many film festivals were selected. Uh, at if any, you know, it, it is, <laughs> I have high hopes, but uh, the reality may be quite a bit different. Um, and then from there, uh, we'll start releasing our our DVDs. Uh, we've done pre-sales right now. We'll start shipping those out uh, at that point once we kind of know what our festival run will look like. Okay. Uh, and then uh, we'll go to streaming platforms and online rentals from there. Is there a website where people can go? Yeah, for sure. So if you go to evvp.ca slash unacceptable doc, that'll kind of give uh, uh, an easy rundown of uh, locations we're currently booked in at, uh, as well as uh, we'll be updating that continually with uh, mm-hmm. the docs release. That's, that's E2Vs, VVP. Dot ca forward slash un- unacceptable doc. You can also I googled it and I found I found the same landing right, page. Cool. Also, and and I I'm just gonna hit a button. Yeah, let's see what happens. Okay, and we're gonna see what kind of music we get. Oh wow, that's incredible. There we go. We're gonna go to a different one here. Nope. What did you do? I don't know. There we go. I found, I found one, Knox. I found one. Could have planned that. Thank you, Ben, for coming on. Make sure you guys go check out Unacceptable Documentary in Canada, Man, Tucker Convoy. Pray for the pray you know, for Canadians. Yeah, pray for Canada. Pray for America. Um, so if you're single, you shouldn't be. If, if you're married, you, you don't have any kids. You should, you should have kids. Yeah. And if you have kids, well, I mean. Go baptize them. Tell them all. Wednesday. Love you guys. Yeah. It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. Putting off writing that proposal again? Yeah, we've been there. Proposal writing can be tough. It takes work. And if you're not careful, you can set up your company for failure. Well, that's where we come in. Smart Pricing Table is an innovative application that focuses on, well, the pricing table. Instead of a static document and constant back and forth, 
Our platform creates interactive proposals that empower your prospects. Not sure if something is needed? Make it optional. Have complicated services that vary? Let your customer do the work with line item upsells. Have reoccurring services? Easy peasy. With Smart Pricing Table, you can create attractive proposals quickly. And our system is built for reuse, so you can get out of that hamster wheel. Give your customers choice and close deals quickly with Smart Pricing Table.